Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to Royal Town Talking, podcast for what's on in Sutton Coalfield. So today we'll be talking to Julie Renison, Managing Director at Sutton Coalfield Town Hall and Cohesion Limited. We'll be finding out about the challenges Julie and the Town Hall team are facing in the current climate and how these are being overcome. Also, we'll be hearing about Julie's work with Lighthouse Cinema and her own business, Cohesion. Hopefully we can discover a few tidbits from her earlier career at the BBC and also with Sony BMG in New York, which must have been super exciting. It was actually, I was only 20 at the time. So I was was able to go to, well, go to work, work in the evening to pay for being there and then party afterwards, which I would not be able to do now. (laughs) Sounds like everyone's dream in their 20s. I would have loved it. (laughs) So you've been at the town hall for a number of years now. um, And as the MD, you must have seen some major changes. Yes, I've been here um, just over three years. And um, the the main changes have been in the the type of shows that we're now attracting. Um, You can sort of see that the... um, number of well-known names now being a sort of attracted as, 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 our, as our name gets out there. Um, and also the number of events that are now on. So that, those have been the main changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the number of community related activities we're doing, particularly this year with the um, food bank donations, things like that. So yeah, seen a lot of changes and a lot more volunteers coming forward. That's really positive to hear. Mm. What are some of the biggest challenges I guess, for you and the team right now in the current climate? Um, well, this in this climate and at any time, the biggest challenge is that this is an old building that constantly needs work. And mm. so it's a bit like having a stately home. It kind of doesn't matter how many people come through the door and how successful we are. The bills are large and um, we will no matter how successful we are, always need community support one way or another. And, and as people have their own troubles, that's more and more difficult to overcome. Um, and also it's quite hard to make it a priority when there's so many big health issues in the world uh, for, for people to see this as a priority. So that, that is always a challenge. When you first started out in your career, what's the one thing you wish you had known? One of the best pieces of advice I was given actually at Sony when I was an intern um, was that everything that you are doing contributes towards what you end up doing. So for example, um, I traveled all that way and spent all that money going to New York and found myself photocopying for days on end. And um, the marketing manager sort of found me crying in the photocopier cupboard. And um, and I explained that I thought I'd be doing more. And um, he said, just hold on because you are photocopying the marketing notes and the plans of the top record company in the world. 
why don't you read everything that you're photocopying and then come to me at the end of the day and ask me questions and you don't understand. You're not taking the opportunities that you've got in front of you to, and not looking at them for what they are. And that completely changed everything. And that went for when I worked at um, Disneyland Paris, I was, in theory, I was, while I was cleaning, I was in a costume, I was cleaning the park and that's all I did all day was clean the park and to an, an outside person, somebody might think, why would you go all that way to, to clean a park and to put so much effort in? Mm. And it was because of the Disney ethic. They taught me that people have paid good money to come to basically what is a film set. There is not any dirt. There isn't any. If you see someone with popcorn, you pick it up before it even hits the ground. It's that clean. And it was that job there cleaning that job that got my job at the BBC because the BBC said to me that's what we want here we want you to come and learn what you teach us what you learn at, at, um, at Disney so everything everything no matter how it seems insignificant is a skill that you can put into and thing is I'm still using those skills now I still want the town hall to be like that and so and and, and so don't ever feel that the job that you're doing doesn't go into the big plan it does, and every single skill will matter. That's really positive. I love that. Thank you. And actually, I've read um, I've read a couple of books about Disney and the ethos, and yeah, it absolutely comes across as that kind of super positive place to work, and everybody is working for that one greater goal. And it's, there's a lot of positivity around the, the ethos there. Yeah. I'm curious, what character were you at Disney? Um, when I was in Frontierland, mm-hmm. which um, is a bit like uh, India, uh, sorry, no, that one, Frontierland was the one that is like Toy Story, so you're like Woody, so I was a cowgirl, and in Adventureland, I was like an Indiana Jones character, ah. with my little sweeping brush, so you sort of had to <laughs> give, <laughs> give directions and clean, and have your sick kit on hand, which is all, people were always being sick all the time, and you got so used to it that when I came to the town hall and uh, have pantomiming, kids get sick. Everyone sends me in to do it because they know that I'm just, just like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I'll clean anything up. I'm not squeamish at all. And so unfortunately, <laughs> I'm known for the one that is not squeamish. <laughs> Almost like you've got the short straw on that one. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> oh. So over the years, I guess, working at Sony and the BBC and Disneyland, you must have met so many great people um, who... I would I would say so, but it's actually not those jobs where I've met the, the really interesting people. So um, I started Cohesion, my company, um, in two thousand and four, mm-hmm. and my job there has been to um, book award ceremony hosts and presenters for awards, and to stage manage them, get them on stage, get them back in the car at the end of the day, and sort of negotiate the contract and things like that. Things like that, and that's prob- meant that I've met hundreds and hundreds of, sort of TV names, radio names, more than them being celebrities. It's just really fascinating people that unfortunately I have to sit for a couple of hours with and make them feel ready for the job. And so I've heard some amazing stories along the way from sort of Stephen Fry to Boris Johnson. I'm, I'm the one that puts them on stage and, uh, and it's, it's been a real privilege to sort of, sort of see behind the scenes of what these characters are like off stage. I can imagine. So who would you say would be your top three most influential then that you've met? Um, Or who have influenced you the most? 
that's actually really say influenced is really tricky one um Stephen Fry was was a real favorite of mine to book just because I was such a fan anyway and he made me feel clever even though I, I was had was not in the same league of clever it made me feel clever and that I could have a conversation about poetry which of which I know very little and still felt clever so that was good um um uh, I'm just trying to think I'm sorry I really... no don't it's fine I'm putting you I on the spot I know it sounds also really this is also contradicting what I just said and so this isn't going to make sense and so this will probably come out in the edit most of the people I've met have been celebrities that have influenced me. They've been the event managers and the people behind the scenes that make these, you know, 1,200 people be served a meal at the same time and it's still hot. That's the sort of thing that really impresses me, not necessarily the, you know, the politicians and the authors and the sorts of people that get paid the big money to go on stage. Yes, they're impressive in their own way, but it's the stuff behind the scenes that really, really gets me and the, the, thing, the people that really make that event work. And so that, that's why sometimes I'm a, I'm a little bit thrown by, you know, um, it, which celebrities have influenced me because it's not necessarily the celebrities that have done that. Yeah, of course, it doesn't need to be the celebrities at all. As you say, it's almost the, the everyday people who are doing superhuman things and pulling all of this together and making that meal for hundreds of people that, that can be the most influential. That's true. And one of the things I wanted to do at the town hall is try and get more people through that can um, talk about what they do. So yes, we, we've started having series of speeches. So we started with Michael Portillo, and then this year we'll have Sherry Vine and uh, Jess Phillips and a few others. And that's important to have people that are well known that they'll come in. But I also want local um, experts to come and speak about what they do. I don't think, it, I want it to be kind of almost like we have TED Talks, um, people sharing the knowledge and it doesn't have to be celebrity people but we could have a range of sort of um local crafts people that have perfected what they do and they're passionate about what they do and, and I always want to hear those stories and I'm sure other people do as well I think for most people as well that's almost more influential because you see somebody in a similar position as yourself mm -hmm. who maybe has achieved something and it makes it more attainable and, and relatable I think as well for local people maybe absolutely I think I think it's fine for people to say oh, I've uh, you know I've flown to the moon or I've won a gold medal and that is brilliant of course it is but if it's something I'm never going to do that in any sport I'm not you know I'm not a scientist and I'm not going to go to the moon but if there's something where it's like oh they've done that and I've got that skill then like you say it's achievable it's it, you know it's something to aim for yeah. So you mentioned a bit about cohesion there. Mm. Um, can you tell us a bit more about it? Why did you start the business? What's the main focus? Um, well, I'd worked in when I lived in Manchester, where I'm from, I'd worked in PR for a bit and I was interested in sort of um, that sort of side of marketing. Um, and I worked for a while for a speaker agency in St Coldfield when I first moved to Birmingham and I found that really interesting. But I wanted to work more on the event side and on the PR side. Um, and so um, 16 years ago, um, Cohesion started. And the idea was that um, I would, with my knowledge of speakers and award ceremonies and that sort of thing, I would be able to um, recommend speakers, but also be at the event to make sure that 
prevents prevent problems happening, but also gauge the reaction of the audiences so that I'd know. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm not I'm not saying this very well at all. It's fine, don't worry. Maybe just word this better. I'll have a sip of tea and we can edit this bit out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The idea with cohesion, sorry, I'm creeping, creaking as well. The idea with cohesion was to combine my knowledge of PR and having worked for a speaker agency um, to bring that to events to make sure that hosts and presenters were fully briefed, ready to do the awards, and then see how the audience reacted to them so that I could um, work with other clients to use those presenters or go a different direction and, and really sort of try and make a um, presenter booking more of a consultancy than just a, a booking service. You know, I wanted to be much more involved in how people present and get that message across to audiences, particularly with awards where, you know, people are drinking a lot, they've only got so much attention to give to the awards and you've got to get their attention, keep their attention for, you know, if your award is last, you don't want people talking all over it. It's still as important that very first award. And so, my job is to get within the budget that the client has the very best host that can keep that attention. And that's been a real privilege to do over the last 16 years. And it's just been a shame to not do it the last year. I really missed it. I want to bring more awards to Sutton though. You're, all my awards are in London and I want to bring more here. More to Birmingham. Yes, definitely. So obviously in the last year with the current pandemic, there haven't been these award ceremonies. Mm -hmm. Has cohesion still been um up and running if there's still been things you've been doing online um because I've been more focused on the town hall and getting us through this year um my colleague Vanita who works in London has been doing more of the cohesion side working particularly on virtual events so celebrity-led quizzes and um and comedy online comedy and this has been a real it's been interesting because it's so both myself and Vanita have worked in the industry for so long we could do it in our sleep but this has been good for us because it's all new and you have to get used to you know things streaming and people you know having a comedian with no immediate laughter is very very difficult for them and getting that to look natural and to get people at home to actually join in I mean we, we have there is a, a local comedian um, Mrs. Barbara Nice, who's been a legend in Birmingham for many years, but she is particularly skilled at doing streamed comedy um, and she's worked well with corporate stuff. And we're actually going to be doing a show with her at Sutton, a streamed comedy show, because she's one of the, the very few comedians who absolutely it translates to, to home. Um, and um, it, it is a, a skill that a lot of comedians are having to develop you know, after being in, in clubs for so long, having to work to camera is is new. And it's so it's so great to see people sort of bring that skill and um and, and for it to work. No, it's a it's a real skill and, and change for everybody, I think, in this new online digital world. Mm -hmm. When is the stream with Mrs. Nice? It is on um Saturday the 13th of February. It's called Mrs. Barbara Nice's Love Stories. It's for Valentine's Night. So we're developing it here as a, a streamed show um, with some live musicians. We obviously we've got distance, everybody. So it's going to be live musicians, but she's going to have um, some pre-recorded 
stories of love stories from the area. So um, I'm really excited about that. It's it's something we've missed the creativity here, and it's it's um, got us all a little bit excited and um, throwing throwing a lot of thoughts at it at the moment. That sounds great. It'll go in my diary. Thank you. We've also got some streamed quizzes coming up. So um, Paul Sinha from The Chase is going to be hosting a streamed quiz for the town hall as well in March. And Jeremy Vine's going to be doing one as well later in the year. So um, the more stream, as, as long as we can't do live, we will be doing streamed stuff. And at the same time, we're planning for when we come back to do some cabaret, late night cabaret shows as well. I'm really excited about that. that sounds and fabulous. There's a new Moulin Rouge, basically. Great, I'll be there. <laughs> so aside from those, what are some of the other projects that you're maybe working on right now? We are working on some community projects. So as you might know, we are a, a donation centre for local food banks. So um, we twice a week, people come and bring food in and we've been doing some Wednesday nights as well. And then we launched the Town Hall Tara, who's our the Town Hall dog. Um, she launched her own cat and dog food bank and that's been brilliant taking photos of her and having to pose with the cans and all that sort of thing. That's been had the most amazing response because we noticed the work, there wasn't many um, dog food tins coming through. And, you know, if you've fallen, fallen on hard times, you're, you know, your dog still needs to be fed and still an important part of the um, family. And we just wanted to make sure that, that the, the local animals didn't miss out. On, on this as well so that's going quite well we are we do do some nhs work um for example the blood collections and um we we are open to anything that is needed um to help with the um with the pandemic as well so uh, you know we're doing a lot of work on that front too it must be keeping you guys very very busy mm -hmm. and can i ask a little bit about the lighthouse cinema and I yeah i've been involved with um lighthouse um independent cinema in Wolverhampton for years um, as a supporter and also I was their marketing manager as well. Um, it's really important to keep um, independent cinemas going um, for the film industry and for creativity and for all the things they do for the community. And it's the things that I learned from working at Lighthouse, I've, I've brought those skills to the town hall. Um, and a, a lot of things that I saw them do for the community, I'm trying to replicate here. So if you, if one cinemas are open again, I'd, I'd say you can go and visit Lighthouse. Um, it's a real inspiration and a beautiful building and a great use of a, a former uh, lock factory as well. You can sort of see how heritage can be continued and used in different ways. Great, thank you. What's one of the biggest surprises you've had in the last few months and why? I would say one of the most pleasant surprises that's happened this year, although I shouldn't be surprised, are the number of new volunteers who've come forward with incredible skills to the town hall. We've had um, an event manager who happens to live up the road that, that looks after um, sort of meetings and events all over the country, has stepped in and given us some brilliant advice to get our, our meetings and events planned for the next year. Um, We've had um, decorators and renovators and uh, engineers come forward that are interested in the building, that want to just come and help and, you know, get their hands dirty, look at the boiler. All those things that I've been worrying about, people have been coming through with those skills and just want to help. Um, and 
I'm, I'm just, that's been the biggest surprise that, that, that the amount of talent that is local that just wants to be part of this. And um, yeah, I should say it's not really a surprise because it's once, once a place like this opens and it's a community project, it does naturally draw people that are interested. So I shouldn't be surprised, but I always still am that, that people are so giving. I was going to say, it's always lovely when people give up their time and are happy to get involved in the community. Mm-hmm. Really important. It's, re- it's rewarding for them, but even more so for us, because for every hour they give, um, it stops us being in thre- uh, threat of closure. Every every person that comes along helps us keep, keep going. And also it's another step towards a, a bigger future for us. Wonderful. Thank you. So looking back at our introduction, I did mention, I know you've spoken a little bit about the BBC and New York or Sony. What was it truly like working for such a global organisation like Sony? Having um, having Sony as my um, university placement uh, was incredibly influential for me. Um, I didn't come from a background where people knew people in that industry. Um, I'd got the job through talking to people about how, how passionate I was about music and somebody talked to someone else that talked to someone else that knew someone that had moved to America that perhaps worked for a record company. It kind of worked like that. And through um, a, a, a telephone interview, I was able to get this placement that changed my life. It made me see that somebody like me that didn't have any contacts could break into that world. And um and that if I did volunteer, as it was obviously a voluntary post, um, I could get into the backstage of, of the most incredible organisation that, that I could think of. And just, you know, the, the magic of seeing, say, for the example, at Mariah Carey at the time, of seeing how they made her a star, just made it kind of that that was not, not normal, but that that was something that I could do. Um, it wasn't just something that other people did or Hollywood did. It was something that I could bring home and know that I could do it, that I was as good as, as those people that you see in films that do this sort of job. And so it was it was a, good, a great thing to be involved in. And I know that, um, that there's a lot of controversy around uh, work placements and intern, internships. Um, but, you know, I, I worked there in the day and it did wonders for, absolute wonders for my confidence in CV. And then I worked in restaurants at night to pay for it. And I, it was exhausting, absolutely exhausting, but the best thing I could possibly have done to just work. I had a few hours sleep each night, but that's it. But you know what? It was the, the best use of my time I could have had. And, you know, to have that at the top of your CV when you're 20, just it it opened door it wasn't that I got every job I went for but it made people think she's actually put herself out there and 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 um and tried and it made me look probably more adventurous than I am but um but yeah it was the best start I could have had and I thank my tutors back at uni for sort of saying you can do this go for it but you didn't fancy living in New York full-time um I did fancy living in New York full-time it's it's quite difficult to actually achieve and also once I came once I'd finished university um I started working in a hotel and could never (laughs) I could never have afforded to I don't think um I've been back a couple of times in fact I took my family um me and my partner took our children over a couple of years ago and showed them where I lived and that sort of thing and um it made me quite emotional to think 
I can see now why my parents were so scared of this girl getting, because sometimes I get so involved in my work and partying, I wouldn't ring home for two weeks. <laughs> I can see now that that would terrify them, but I didn't think I was so full of it at the time. I'm trying to do everything. Yeah, I would I would quite happily live in Brooklyn. I love Brooklyn. But, but no, this is home. <laughs> and finally, um, we'd like to end with our signature question. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the first record that you bought? Yeah, it's Kids from Fame. Fantastic. Yeah, and strangely enough, my my favourite track on the album is Star Maker, which is also my signature tune, because that's what I do. Ah, that's lovely. (laughs) Go on, one more. Do you have a secret skill or a party trick? Um, Let me have a think. I play the trumpet. Very good. Um, Do you play... Do you play in a band? Yeah, I play, strange enough, with a youth band. I'm the oldest person. <laughs> but I play, um, at, Wal- at Walsall's Forest Arts Centre, I play with a jazz band on a Tuesday night and a youth orchestra. You're allowed to go at any age, but everyone else is um, 30 years younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> have you been practising online? Like, do you have rehearsals online with them now? No, and I wouldn't either, oh. because I, what I found out is that I sound great in a band and terrible on my own. I'm so sure that's I, I did true. Play, I, when it was um, VE Day, I did play Land of Hope and Glory out in the street and um, my son wouldn't come out of his room for quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Complete embarrassment. But yeah, yeah, I love playing the trumpet as part of a group, not on my own. That's lovely. <laughs> Judy, thank you ever so much for your time um, you. and talking with me today. And everyone else, stay safe, protect the NHS, save lives. Thank you very much for listening and take care until the next one. This was a four pause production for What's On in Sutton Coalfield. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.